Psalm 83, a song, the Psalm of Asaph. Do not keep silent, O God. Do not hold your peace. And do not be still, O God. For behold, your enemies make a tumult, and those who hate you have lifted up their head. They take crafty counsel against your people and consulted together against your sheltered ones. They have said, Come, let us cut them off from being a nation, that the name of Israel may be remembered no more. For they have consulted together with one consent. They form a confederacy against you. The tents of Edom and the Ishmaelites, Moab and the Hagrites, Gabal, Ammon and Amalek, Philistia with the inhabitants of Tyre, Assyria, also has joined with them. They have helped the children of Lot. Deal with them as with Midian, as with Sisera, as with Jabin at the brook of Kishon, who perished at Endor, who became as a refuse on the earth. Make their nobles like Oreb and like Zeb, yes, all their princes like Zeba and Salmuna, who said, Let us take for ourselves the pastures of God for a possession. Oh my God, make them like the whirling dust, like the chaff before the wind. As the fire burns the woods, and as the flame sets the mountains on fire, so pursue them with your tempest, and frighten them with your storm. Fill their faces with shame, that they may seek your name, O Yahweh. Let them be confounded and dismayed forever, yes, let them be put to shame and perish, that they may know that you, whose name alone is Yahweh, are the Most High over all the earth. So far, the reading of God's inspired and inerrant word. Often it seems as if the whole world is powerfully allied against God's people. The setting of the psalm is difficult to place because of the ten nations that were are described in the psalm as being against the people of God. Uh, it's difficult to find a single time at which all ten were conspired against them, although there are enough times that enough of the nations had conspired against them uh, that the Bible scholars have several suggestions of times uh, that this could have been. Uh, but the psalm itself is praying in a situation where there are enemies of God's people conspired and allied against them, and it's actually appealing to times in the past when God's uh, God's own enemies, those who hate him, have hated, uh, of course, also his people for his sake, uh, and have been against them, and God has humiliated those enemies. And so I think that this psalm is not, um, uh, is not addressing a specific setting in which all ten of these are, uh, but it's addressing how the nations as a whole have been allied against God, and therefore... Uh, of course, allied against Christ, uh, ever since there have been nations, that man having uh, sinned in Adam and fallen in Adam, and therefore uh, among humanity, they're not being only the seed of the woman whom God is redeeming out of that fall, but the seed of the serpent, whom God in his justice and righteousness is not redeeming. Uh, and you see immediately the line of Seth, um, the seed of the woman and the line of Cain, who is the seed of the serpent and attacked, of course, Abel, uh, who is before the line of Seth, is uh, the one whom Seth uh, replaced, uh, and how the seed of the serpent have always attacked 
uh, not just God himself, but all of the seed of the woman, and very specifically have attacked and rejected Christ. So this psalm, Psalm 83, has a lot in common, doesn't it, with Psalm 2. Uh, The nations rage, kingdoms and peoples uh, plot in vain. Uh, And so Psalm 82 uh, had a lot to do with Psalm, uh, Psalm 2 because of the judges who are not judging rightly, and uh, Christ, the great king, the king of kings, lord of lords, and judge of judges, is going to shatter them uh, in uh, in the last day, and he shatters them progressively also through history uh, as he tears down uh, nations and uh, kings and the powerful in their arrogance uh, from time to time. Uh, and Psalm 83, with uh, the conspiracy of those who are against God and those who are against Christ, and then recognizing uh, that they are against his people as well. Uh, the Lord Jesus told his disciples, uh, even before his own crucifixion, uh, the world has hated me, don't be surprised when they hate you too. Uh, and so we uh, we must not be surprised if the more we trust in Christ, the more uh, evidently we belong to him, the more we proclaim him, uh, the more our life Uh, shows forth his righteousness uh, and is convicting and exposing to those who are darkness around us. Uh, We shouldn't expect them to say, oh, look at those people. They are light. We love the light. Uh, Let's all become Christians too. Uh, If God is saving someone, he will have that response. But uh, except for that miracle of divine grace, uh, the darkness will hate the light because its own deeds uh, are evil. Uh, And so, Uh, Christians will find themselves in situations where they are attacked for God's sake, uh, and yet we can take uh, comfort in the the fact that when they attack God's people, God receives it uh, as an attack upon himself. Uh, So looking at at the text in verses 1 and 2, and he says, Do not keep silent, do not hold your peace, do not be still. He doesn't say, Our enemies make a tumult, and those who hate us have lifted up their head. That's true, too. But when the church is attacked, when believers are attacked, because we belong to God, and because God is redeeming us and conforming us to the image of Christ, he's put his name upon us and shows his character in us, uh, they're not just attacking us, being our enemies and those who hate us, they're being God's enemies and those who hate him. And we can appeal to him uh, on uh, on that basis. Uh, now, notice that he is act is asking for God to hurry. Do not keep silent. Do not hold your peace. Do not be still. Uh, the The basis of the request of the whole psalm is knowing that God is just and that vengeance belongs to Him. Uh, and it's true that we should be patient as we wait on God. We should be submissive to His timing. But here, doesn't the Holy Spirit teach us that it's not wrong to ask God that his timing would be now? Not in a way that says, I know better than God. It would be better if God answered now than it would be if God answered later. But crying out with our desire that his justice would be exercised, that his his vengeance would come. Make haste, O God, uh, is one of the common prayers, isn't it, in the Psalms? And it's good for believers to know that it's not wrong to pray that way, uh, because we have, I I hope, a healthy suspicion 
of ourselves and our desires. And so when we say, hurry up, God, it sounds like that is always something that says, I'm not satisfied to wait for you. But the same heart that says, I am not satisfied to wait for you, can also say, uh, do not keep silent, O God. Do not hold your peace. Do not be still. Uh, or even make haste, O God, to help me. Uh, knowing that God's timing is perfect and being willing, having expressed that to him, which his spirit teaches us that we may and therefore should express to him, being willing to wait upon his timing and to wait upon his answer. So whether he delivers us in accordance to what we have asked, or whether it is for his sake that we end up being uh, led as sheep to the slaughter or killed all day long, uh, we may uh, submissively trust that he is working all things together for our good uh, in the way that those uh, two parts of Exodus, Exodus, of Romans 8, 28 through 38 uh, go together. So they're attacking God. It's okay to pray uh, for God to hurry. What all God's uh, enemies have in common uh, is that uh, they will be destroyed. When he goes through, now not the nations that are attacking uh, in verses, oh, oh, what that looks like, uh, 5 through 8, but then he turns to nations that have attacked and kings that have attacked in the past. Uh, And he quotes rapid fire uh, from several different incidents within the scope of Judges chapters uh, 4 through 8. And he does that here. Uh, in verses 9 through 12, and he, he says, deal with them as with, deal with them as with, deal with them as with. And he's remembering that, yes, all of the enemies have in common that they hate us, but they also have in common that they're going to be destroyed because none of God's enemies will will stand in the last day. Uh, and so if we're looking at, at the resistance that we face, and we can see how the the serpent himself and the seed of the serpent have hated God's people. You think about Pharaoh slaughtering um, Israelite babies, or you think about Herod uh, slaughtering Bethlehemite babies, uh, and you, you see the same spirit and the same murder and the same hatred in, in someone today, and you think... Uh, uh, you think how dreadful this is that we are uh, that we are facing something that comes from the same satanic uh, opposition and hostility and cruelty. Uh, well, remember that they will suffer the same sa- defeat as Satan and all those who are with him. That's something that God's enemies all have in common. They will all be destroyed, uh, and some of them, some of them, praise God, will be destroyed. Uh, by being made new. There's just a hint of this in verse 16. Fill their faces with shame that they may seek your name. Uh, And there are those who will be humiliated in their life, brought to an end of themselves, and converted. Praise God. Isn't this what happens to the Apostle Paul? Great enemy of God's church, hater of the name of Jesus Christ, and he is instantly filled with shame and seeks his name. Who are you, Lord? He says, uh, after the Lord Jesus says, Paul, Paul, why do you persecute me? 
taking personally to himself what is done to to his people, just as uh, the psalm has begun in Psalm 83 uh, by praying that God would do your enemies, those who hate you. Uh, and Paul sought his name. Who are you, Lord? He says, I am Jesus whom you are persecuting. And God takes the murderous enemy, fills him with shame, turns him into a seeker of his name, makes him uh, his apostle uh, to the Gentiles. So that's one way that God destroys an enemy is by converting him. But they will all be destroyed. And if not that way, then at the last day, in this way, in verses 17 and 18, let them be confounded and dismayed forever. Yes, let them be put to shame and perish, that they may know that you whose name alone is Yahweh, or whose name is Yahweh, are the Most High uh, over all the earth. Uh, and so this is uh, this is what is always happening. The Lord is bringing everyone to know that he alone is God. The Lord is bringing everyone to know and to acknowledge that Jesus Christ is God. And uh, either they will do so in this life and be brought to faith, or they will do so still in the last day. And so if the desire is that God would be glorified, that Christ would be glorified, then whatever situation we are in, we can know that that is what God is accomplishing. And the more we love God and his glory, the more we love Jesus and his glory, the more certain we are that God rules sovereignly over all things, and that's what he is accomplishing, the less we will be dismayed uh, when, uh, when God's enemies rise up against him and against his church. Uh, and the more we will not only trust, but rejoice that the glory of God is being accomplished. Uh, we are not only those who kiss the sun, uh, lest we be destroyed when his wrath is kindled but a little, but we are those blessed, blessed are all, who trust in him. Let's pray. Lord, we live in a day in which it is quite obvious that many are allied against you, in a day in which uh, so often, even not necessarily against the church, uh, but conspiracy theory has just uh, turned out to be true because the conspiring and the wickedness of man is so great. And of course, O oh God, that is always ultimately against you. And so we thank you for giving us this psalm which addresses exactly that situation and reminding us where it comes from that all of these enemies um, are under the power of and examples of the enemy and his hostility to you and to Christ and therefore to us for Christ's sake. And we pray that you would give us confidence in yourself and a love for your glory that would enable us to pray rightly that you would hurry up and execute justice and vengeance but that you would also enable us to wait patiently and submissively, knowing that you are accomplishing your glory and loving your glory. Make us to increase in love for your glory, we ask. In Jesus' name, amen.